Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network, and this is our season-long NFL player props episode for 2023. And nobody better to help me break down our top props for 2023 than the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Always killing it in the uh, season-long fantasy uh, accuracy, always killing it with the season-long props. So, Sean, I know you're excited for this one. Oh, yeah. This is always one of my favorite pods that we do. Um, If you came here for um, overs, you have come to the wrong place. But if you've come here for winners, you have come to the right place. Yeah, these are, you know, spoiler alert. We're going with a ton of unders on these. And that's just because, you know, these season long props, they're kind of going, you know, they're not they're factoring and miss games to a certain extent, but um, you know, when you have the edge of, you know, the number is off combined with the, you know, you think a guy could miss some more games, these unders are going to hit so much more. So that's kind of our general philosophy. Uh, be sure to follow us in the app. Sean's at the underscore odds maker. I'm at Chris Raybon. Uh, we'll put all, we'll have more uh, than just these uh, obviously lines move. So we'll try to give you a, uh, a number, you know, the limit of which we would bet it down to We'll give uh, five each. So you'll have 10, Season long, our 10th favorite season long props heading into 2023. Sean, uh, start us off. Yeah, so I'm going to start us off with uh, Rashad White under 700 and a half rushing yards. Um, and, you know, you know, I was talking about we go with unders when it comes to these things. And I looked at player props from last year um, and I noticed, you know, most rushing yard props for running backs went under. Uh, in fact, if you just blind bet unders for everybody, you would have hit around 60% of your bets. Uh, but if you focus specifically on running backs who didn't have, say, a guaranteed workhorse role, like, you know, like a Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, uh, and you went for, like, backs that could devolve into more of a committee, uh, the under went 10-2 and two on those. Um, so Rashad White is the exact type of back where that role could apply here. Um, you know, he's a lock to be the Bucks' workhorse back for week one, but beyond that, anything can still happen. Uh, you know, White struggled as a runner in his rookie season last year. Out of 58 qualified backs, um, he ranked the following in these key stats. Um, out of 58 qualified backs, again, uh, avoided tackle rate, 50th. Explosive run rate, 53rd. Yards after contact per rush, 56th. Um, you know, and, and the Bucks will probably have one of the worst offensive lines this season. Mm-hmm. They should be in more trailing game scripts. I could see White struggling to pick up yards again on the ground this year. Um, his best skill set has always been as a pass catcher, so... Yeah. Uh, he led Arizona State in receiving yards in his final two seasons there. So I bet they lean on him that way. And we see like Keyshawn Vaughn, Chase Edmonds, and Sean Tucker 
those guys sort of eat into his early down roll at some point. Um, so there's enough red flags around White where this market specifically I love. Um, and I think his media should be just much, much lower. So I'd probably bet this down um, to 650, maybe 600. But I, I just like the value we're getting right here at 700 and a half rushing yards. Yeah, and I think you make a good point when you talk about some of his underlying metrics, specifically, you know, after contact, really not showing much uh, of an ability to create extra yards. Because, yeah. as you mentioned, that Bucks O-line, I mean, we just saw Jensen. Uh, he's going to be at probably Praise's last snap in the NFL, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You have a rookie at right guard. Uh, Filer at left guard, really, you know, he turned 30 and, and kind of fell off a cliff. He was not not as good as he was in, in past years. And you have Worfs making the, the move from right to yeah. left. I mean, every – and then Gadecki has been really bad. You know, maybe he can, <laughs> you know, go going back to his natural position. But you have three different guys mm-hmm. that are changing positions on the line. And, yeah, it could really – and there's not really as much depth. So, yeah, this that line could be a problem, even if he does kind of hold on to that role all year long like this is not I don't think going to be a a great rushing offense in in Tampa Bay all right uh for my first one kind of a similar situation I'm going to go Ryan Robinson Jr. under 750 and a half rushing yards uh this is an early down back on a projected last place team with one of the lowest win totals in the league uh you have a new regime in terms of the offensive coordinator with the enemy coming over he's never uh, coordinated an offense that's been higher than 20th in rush attempts for the season. And Brian Robinson, similar to White, just really didn't show much of an ability to create after, um, you know, after contact. He was uh, 48th in yards after contact. He was 50th in breakaway percentage, which is your percentage of runs uh, where it's 15 yards or more. And uh, his yards per carry average was just 3.9. So uh, this Washington offensive line still projects to be one of the weaker units in the league. PFF has him 27th heading into the year. So just a lot of red flags here. And then you still have Antonio Gibson challenging. Uh, and you might have Chris Rodriguez at some point uh, challenging for, for work as well. So, and then that's in addition to just, you know, the normal injuries that you would expect from a running back. So uh, yeah, Brian Robinson, I think this is too, I would go down to anything 700 or above. Uh, I would, I would bet the under. Yeah, no, this is another good one. He he fits the profile of the backs that went under 10 and two last year. And like you said, his, Backup or the guy they drafted, Chris Rodriguez, is very similar, and apparently that's who like Eric Bieniemy wanted, their new offensive coordinator. So they let him sort of make that pick. So that's another bad sign for uh, Brian Robinson. And like you said, his efficiency metrics were not great. This is a very you know tough market for him to clear. And yeah, his his median should be I would say like six fifty something that low. But yeah, love the value we're getting here. And it's interesting just on the topic of running backs uh, before we move on. So it's interesting that you said a lot of the like running backs, you know, outside of the the top, you know, maybe top guys with the, you know, locked in roles went under last season because I was looking at and that's an interesting edge that, you know, we might ha- have in fantasy as well is that uh, a lot of the running backs in the RB1 tier, like the top 12 that were drafted in ADP last year, they only missed an average of 1.3 games. Mm. That is yeah. usually triple that, uh, yeah. especially in a 17 game season. So, uh this year, I think you could see running backs across the board uh, missing more. So, you know, these guys, but just in general, I think running backs are going to be a good underbet, and there might be some hidden value in projections because running backs didn't miss as many games as, as, as usual 
uh, last year. And I think you could see that come back down to hurt. And you had a really good running year in general for the NFL. If you just look at the league averages, the running, rushing was up, rushing touchdowns were up, rushing yardage was up and and passing numbers were down. So there's a lot of kind of hidden, hidden value, I think. And going under on on a lot of uh, yeah, there's these there's also packs. just so many outs when it comes to running backs. I think Cam Akers last year is the perfect use case. I think <laughs> we were both on his under, yep. and he had a phenomenal season, right? Like the last six games, he was what the RB two in fantasy, yep. uh, but he didn't even come close to his prop because um, you know he got benched. They they had more of a committee early in the season, um, and then they were looking to trade him, so he sat out a couple games. I think he might have missed the game or two due to injury. Uh, but when he was active and like the workhorse back, he did good. But again, th- there was just so many other things going on outside just his play that contributed to under hitting. And that's, that's kind of what goes into these props again, like a Chris McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, like they're going to have a workhorse role, no matter what all season long, we're not going to see any shenanigans, but these other backs, the Brian Robinson's Rashad whites of the world, like there's so many different outs for them to go under. That's why they hit at such a high rate. Yeah. And especially because these backs aren't, you know, the best, you know, top of the line backs in the league, you also have like another out could just be, they trade for a guy who, um, mm. you know, comes in or something like that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, there's just so many reasons why, um, why these unders tend to hit more. Uh, all right. Where are you going with your second prop? I'm going with Isaiah Hodgins under 500 and a half receiving yards. Uh, now he had a phenomenal year last year, you know, after spending the first four weeks on the practice squad, didn't do really much of anything when he was on the Bills his first two seasons. You know, he turned into the, one of the Giants' top receivers, if not their top receiver, in the second half of last season. And it was a combination of, you know, the Giants really not having anyone left. <laughs> and Hodgins is playing really well. Um, however, this year he has much more competition. You know, they added the likes of Paris Campbell, Jalen Hyatt in the draft. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard and Wando Robinson will probably see playing time when they're healthy. Um, but more importantly, this addition of Darren Waller is going to steal quite a few targets from people like Hodgins. You know, it's, it's pretty clear that Waller's going to be Daniel Jones' number one target and by a pretty large margin. So um, another thing, Hodgins benefited from having an 82% catch rate last season, which was really high for a guy with an eight out of 9.3 yards. Um, typically, you'd expect a catch rate closer to, you know, 60, 70%. Um, you know, with an A dot that high. Uh, so he could see some regression in terms of converting targets to receptions. Um, now, week one, I, he's going to be a starter, full-time player, um, but it's going to be tough for him to command targets, that, you know, enough snaps, targets, and run heavy offense to feel comfortable taking the over on this with, with so much competition behind him. Um, so, you know, I'm projecting him closer to you know, 450 and a half yards maybe for his medium. But this is another guy where he has quite a few outs, you know, for the under to hit. It kind of reminds me of some of these running backs that could turn into more of a committee. So even though I do like Hodgins, his performance last year as a talent, uh, this this is a tough prop for him to clear. Yeah, this is one that stood out to me. I was like, like, this is a big number considering, like, we really don't know the rotation, you know. So it's kind of also just – playing on the uncertainty of that yeah. receiver rotation, which could be fluid all year when you think about it. You know, you have Slayton and Hodgins, but they're playing Hyatt on the outside. Shepard has played on the outside in camp a lot. Um, Campbell can play inside out. So, you know, Hodgins' role, it, you know, is going to be fluid, I think, throughout the year. Now, there's always the risk that he, he outplays everyone and he's the one that sticks, but uh, there's six guys that could <laughs> realistically get 
you know, could be starters on that on that team on on the outside or, or at receiver, I should say. So yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. It's just you're just playing on the uncertainty of the, yeah. Of this guy's yeah. receiving core. And, and another thing is, um, I, I know, like you, I, I'm kind of, it makes me uncomfortable taking overs. Yeah. Um, but I really, really love, like, Darren Waller's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is kind of a way of investing in Darren Waller's over without necessarily doing that. Because, uh, again, he's a guy that kind of has, uh, you know, checkered injury history and things like that. So when I take these props, I do need, like, a, a reason for another player to, like, go off. And I think that Darren Waller going off this season is, Partly why I like this prop. Yeah, like I think the Giants' passing game is going to look a lot different this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the last year they just could not throw down the field because they didn't really have anyone to do it. They didn't have the line to protect. So um, I, I do, I do think they'll have a, a much better year. But there's just too many mouths to feed to bet. You know, Hodgins. Like they haven't even post. I haven't even seen a prop for uh, Slayton posted, mm. which is interesting. Hyatt, I don't think either. So it's interesting that Hodgins is the guy that they're posting, and that makes you think that you know because the majority of these bets are coming in on overs you know for these props so it's yeah. interesting to me that the books have Hodgins up and not <laughs> not any of the other guys yeah. who might have a better shot at uh at, you know having a role for a longer more of the year so yeah uh all right for my second I am going with Dak Prescott under 12 and a half interceptions uh, this one is really interesting to me because I feel like the whole narrative on Dak shifted Last year, where when he led the league in interceptions in just 12 games, I believe it was, uh, threw, he threw 15 picks. But that was one of the lowest league-leading interception rates in, in a long time. But more importantly, uh, you know, Dak's career rate is 2%. You know, so you would need about mm-hmm. 650 pass attempts to reach that. You know, his career high is about 596. We know Mike McCarthy and Schottenheimer, they don't want to uh, just be throwing the ball all around the yard this year. I think they'll still throw a decent amount, but... Um, you know, this is for Dak. This is uh, a big number. That's I think a lot, like way too based on what we saw last year, where you know we know there's research out there showing that interception rate takes anywhere from a thousand to two thousand um, career pass attempts just to just to mm-hmm. stabilize. So uh, you really have to look at their career rates a lot more than just you know a twelve game sample last year, where you know we I remember there was one we got pick six in Jacksonville. It wasn't his fault. Like a lot yep. of these interceptions just didn't go his way. So if you look at his career numbers, about he, he throws about uh, you know one every you know point six seven per game. So about you know two thirds of an interception every game. You know he would need to play nineteen to twenty games to reach thirteen. Uh, and about 18 to reach 12. So uh, I think, you know, 12 and a half is too much. Uh, I would bet this down to 11. I think the median should be 11. Um, mm. So I bet it down to 11 and a half, but uh, any, anywhere it can get 12 and a half. I, I think it's too much. Um, I think it's just, ba- you know, wait, uh, overweighting the last year's numbers when they fi- and they fired the OC, Kevin Moore, who is going to uh, the Chargers and wants to have them you know, throw it all around the yard and throw deep. So I think it's going to be less aggressive. So less chances to throw interceptions as well, just based on the scheme. So uh, I'm going under 12 and a half for Dak. Yeah, no, I love this one a lot as well. I was looking into interception props and I was actually leveraging, uh, you know, PFS turnover worthy play mm-hmm. rate. Um, and I saw like last year you would have gone eight and two if you just re- regressed the guys that were maybe unlucky the year before and the guys that were lucky, um, you know, take their over and Dak by far uh, topped this model. Um, he only had 9.9 expected interceptions last year. So he was over by five and a half picks. So that's a screaming take the under here. And yeah, I agree. 12 and a half for Dak is way too high, especially if, you know, Mike McCarthy comes through with his promise to make this somehow a more run heavy offense. Maybe they're going to be a little bit slower pace conservative. Like that's only going to lead into this under hitting. So yeah, I love the value we're getting here under 12 and a half. 
All right, before we go on, just want to uh, say that uh, more memories are made when you are there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure that you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze, and you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. So find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. All right, Sean, uh, who you got for your third prop? Uh, So I'm going with Najee Harris, under 975 (laughs) and a half rushing yards. Um, You know, Najee has cleared this and. Each of his, you know, first two seasons in his career. Um, but one thing you note at the top of the show is, you know, he's a running back that's yet to miss a game in his entire career. Um, that's very, that's going to be very tough for running back to do that for a third season. So there's a chance he finally misses a game or two, maybe three this year. So that's going to make it even tougher for him to clear this. But the main threat here is Harris not, you know, not going to be able to fend off Jalen Warren as much as last year. You know, Warren started to eat into his receiving work last year, but all signs point to Warren, you know, eating into Harris's early down work even more this year. Um, and just based on their limited preseason action, um, you know, Warren's going to be mixing in a lot more on early downs, even more than I thought heading into the preseason. So, um, you know, just if you look at some key metrics, how these running backs fared last year, um, it's clear that Warren deserves more work. I mean, if you look at avoided tackle rate, out of 58 qualified backs, Najee was 21st. Jalen Warren was 8th. Explosive run rate, Najee was 50th. And Warren was 9th. Uh, yards after contact per attempt, Najee was 43rd. And Warren was 21st. So, you know, by all metrics, you know, Warren is, you know, the more talented back, even on early downs. So I think there's a threat. Um, you know, Warren forces more of a 50-50 committee, uh, especially between the 20s. Um, so that's just another additional out for Najee Harris, um, who does deserve like a high prop like this, but just the fact that it could devolve into more of a committee means there's probably a ton of value here. Um, I'd probably take this down to 900. Like that's how much I love this prop. Um, because I, again, I think that we're going to have additional outs for Najee hitting the under this year. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's, I think, you know, part of the key is that he's just never missed a game like this guy. Like, yeah. You know, we don't, we haven't seen, and, and he's never been super efficient either. So, um, you know, if he does miss a couple games, that's, that's really going to kind of hurt, hurt his uh, yeah. chances of, of hitting this, uh, it's a pretty high number for a running back. All right. For my third, uh, I am going with Raheem Mostert under five twenty-five and a half and a half rushing yards. Uh, this is one where, you know, this, you know, we still don't know exactly what's going to happen with, the Miami backfield and, and Jonathan Taylor and, and all that, you know, apparently trade talks are heating up, but uh, if they acquire Taylor, I mean, you might as well cut this prop in half. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but even if, but the, the reason I like it is because they're, you know, even if not like most goes into the year, you know, same as last year or not same as last year, but with Wilson and, you know, a chain eventually comes back. Uh, there's still a lot of outs for this to hit under number one. He's going to his age 31 season. He's missed 26 games over his last three years. Um, he's already, you know, already likely to be in a three-way committee at some point because I know HN got hurt, but you know, he got less guaranteed money than Wilson. He got two mil 
and then Wilson got 2.6 mil, and then A-Chain was drafted 84th overall. So, you know, that's that. Then in addition, we know that Miami pursued DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, and now they're, you know, really trying to go out and get Jonathan Taylor. So um, the, the odds that they want Mostert in a big role is already low, and the fact that he's he's been one of the least durable running backs uh, throughout his career and now is in his age 31 season, I think tells you all you need to know. So um, I would bet this down to 500, uh, but there's a chance, you know, if they, if they acquire Taylor, uh, this is going way under unless like Taylor gets hurt maybe. Um, but even then you still need Mostert to stay healthy. So just way too many things have to go right. I think for Mostert here um, to, to put up, you know, a good, a good amount of rushing yards again this year. Yeah. He's the, the perfect type of back to smash the under on these props. Uh, like you said, he, he's, Always an injury risk, but especially right now, he's a potential like trade risk where they acquire not even just like a Jonathan Taylor, but they could sign like a, I don't know, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette so at some point, uh, or maybe late in the season, Derrick Henry, who knows. But just there's so many ways, so many paths for uh, Moser to go under that, that this one's a no brainer for me as well. All right. What do you got for your fourth one? Uh, so I'm going DJ Chark under 44 and a half receptions. Um, and he, he's a type of player who has a wide range of outcomes since he's mainly a downfield threat. You know, he had an A dot of 15 and a half yards last year, assuming the Panthers brought him in to be used similarly in their offense. However, he's, he's just not a good fit for Bryce Young, whose main weakness might be, you know, his accuracy downfield. Um, plus last year in all of Division Two, he had the second most time to throw when he attempted to pass 20 plus yards downfield. Uh, he won't have that luxury in the, nope. the NFL, especially behind the Panthers' offensive line. So that's just going to make it tougher for him to target a player like Chark. So I just don't like the fit with Chark in this offense. Um, I think, you know, Bryce Young's top target early in the season might be Adam Thielen. Uh, then eventually, I think Jonathan Mingo will be his top target. I think they're the perfect fit for each other. Um, so while Chark might have spiked weeks, um, this is the ideal market to fade him. Um, you know, plus he's missed a handful of games in four of his five seasons. Um, and he's currently dealing with a hamstring, hamstring injury where he might be a game-time decision for week one. So if he doesn't suit up, this bet will be voided. Uh, I, I don't think that's a reason not to take this, if anything it is, because if if he suits up week one, uh, he could be limited. And this is an injury that could linger into the season. So um, this is the exact type of bet I want to lock in right now. It was actually 48 and a half last week. It's already down to 44 and a half. That's where, you know, the sharp money is going. So uh, I love the downside of DJ Chark at uh, under 44 and a half receptions. And I, I'd probably bet it down to like 42 and a half, 41 and a half, somewhere around there. Yeah, I like this as well. You know, Chark is one of those guys that I already, you know, projected for a higher than usual uh, miss game risk just based on his career history and then for him to be entering the year injured again you know I always put a red flag on yeah. a guy like that because you know it just statistically speaking it's really hard to project miss games but you know being injured increases the chances of re-injury it increases you know appearing on the injury report increases the chances of appearing in a, on it again so it's one of those things where it's one of the best predictors we have of a guy who might miss more games than yeah. than expected so um, you, you kind of couple all that together and yeah, it's, you know, things are, things are kind of, I, I know Bryce Young threw his first touchdown and, you know, people are, you know, hopes are high, but I think there's going to be some growing pains yeah. uh, in, in Carolina, just the depth on that team on the O-line, especially um, just all over. It's, it's, it's shaky. So yeah, I like that. Uh, like the charts, uh, like chart under 
Uh, I'm going to stick in Carolina then, and I'm going Miles Sanders under six and a half uh, rushing touchdowns. I think there should be five and a half. Uh, he's had he's only had seven or more once in, in his four-year career, and that was last year with Philly. But that was for a Philly offense that was third in points, third in rush attempts, first in rushing touchdowns in the whole entire league, one of the best offensive lines in the whole entire league. Now you're going to a Carolina team that's probably going to be one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. Uh, has, you know, an offensive line that looks like it could be among the league worst. And this is a guy who's missed nine games in his last three years and, and is dealing with a nagging injury, a nagging hamstring injury already in mm-hmm. camps. He's another guy that they've been holding out. So and just another one of these guys where it all kind of uh, lines up. You know, you have you know going to a worse offense. You have a guy who um, – and, you know, you have – Chuba Hubbard behind him too. I know they paid Sanders a lot of money, but um, he's never really stayed healthy uh, until last year. He kind of took on a big workload. So I want to kind of fade him coming off that. And uh, I just think the touchdown potential on a team like Carolina is going to be so different than it was uh, on a team like the Eagles. So Miles Sanders, because he can stay healthy, play all 17 games again, mm-hmm. uh, and has a pretty decent chance of going under. Only 18 running backs uh, had seven or more rushing touchdowns last year. So it's about, it's kind of the week, the median running back would get, you know, seven or more. So, but uh, um, there's a, definitely a chance for him to go under, even if he plays every single game. So I'm um, going under six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like this one. I think he's, he's one of those players that probably has a high floor. Like he's guaranteed mm-hmm. a workhorse role, but like you said, the offense itself, uh, he, he really needs the offense to, to thrive in order to clear this number. Um, and again, this is a team with a new coach, a rookie quarterback, a new running back, Miles Sanders, new receivers, new tight end. So I think it's going to take them at least half the season just to figure things out. So, yeah, that's going to hurt Sanders in the long run. So, yeah, I would, I would take the under here as well. All right. Uh, prop number five, what you got? All right. Uh, I'm going with Travis Etienne under 950 and a half rushing yards. Um, and he's he's another running back who honestly deserves a high rushing prop. Um but despite being, you know, a very good running back in his prime, he, he has a few things going against him in this market specifically. Uh, the first is the Jags offensive line uh, is not very good. They had the second lowest run blocking grade, according to PFF last year, uh, should continue to struggle again this year. And while, you know, they didn't block well for ETM last year, he was still able to overcome that. Uh, he averaged 5.1 yards, 5. yards per attempt last year. But according to my expected uh, yards per attempt model it should have been closer to 4.6 yards per attempt so we should see some regression in, in at least in terms of efficiency for him uh, and the second is the Jags will have a much tougher uh, schedule against run defenses this year uh, last year they had a top 10 easiest schedule um, and this year they're expected to face the top 10 toughest so uh, another reason his efficiency should take a hit and last but not least uh, they drafted Tank Bigsby in the third round and he he profiles more is an early down back than anything, and based on preseason usage, he's he's going to be mixing in quite a bit, especially on early downs, and he's he's looked phenomenal. So, um, you know, ETN's played every snap on third and fourth down uh, when they played starters with Tank Bigsby. So I think ETN's probably going to thrive a lot more as a pass catching back this year, and at the expense of his early down work, I think that's that's where Tank Bigsby is going to mix in a lot more. So uh, there's just a lot of different paths and concerns for ETN clearing this number. So, again, this is a guy that, based on last year, would scream under. Um, you know, I think his median should be a lot lower. I, I'd probably bet this – again, he's a very good running back. He should have a high projection. But I'd probably bet it down to maybe 900, maybe 875, somewhere around there. Love the value we're getting at 950 and a half right here. 
Yeah, I mean, just take a running back, bet they're under a yardage. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna work out more often than not. Like I agree. I think ETN is one of the better backs. Like I like, you know, it could get dicey if he breaks off a couple big plays or has a couple big games early. But yeah, you I, I also he he played 17 games last year and he was yeah. banged up in quite a few games. I mean, he's kind of a he's on the slimmer side. So I feel like I've I seen him take a few like big hits and was surprised <laughs> that he didn't miss more time. Uh, I, I think there was one game where he left early and didn't come back, but um, he still appeared in all 17. So that's also uh, unlikely as well. So yeah, another one of these situations where there's just a lot more working, you know, in the unders favor, even after you kind of credit the guy with all the positives. All right. I'll, uh, I'll close it out here. I'm going Dalton Schultz under 550 and a half receiving yards for my fifth and final one. And this is, playing on the uncertainty of going, you know, to a new team and one where he might not have the same usage, because if you look at his usage in the first three weeks of the, in the three weeks of the preseason with the starters, he played 66% of the snaps with the starters. And in Dallas, he averaged an 81% snap rate uh, over these past three years. So he might not be getting the quite the same usage. You know, they've been mixing in, uh, you know, a second tight end, and, you know, it's kind of kind of going to be a different scheme. You know, there's usually going to be, um, you know, and there's also a lot of uh, receivers. We don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. So there's just a lot of uncertainty where Dalton Schultz may not be, you know, one of the top targets in this offense when it's all said and done. You know, at the beginning of the year or offseason, kind of like, okay, you know, Houston doesn't really have much, but now it's like they have Woods, they have uh Nico's still there Tank Dell is looking good like there's just a lot of guys and that could be a fluid situation all year long so um you know I think over 550 is a lot and then his career average up to target is seven so this is a guy who he could still catch a, a decent amount of passes and and it's still gonna be tough for him I think to go over this without a couple of monster games which I just don't know if he's gonna have uh, with CJ CJ Stroud in year one so um, I'm just going under with Schultz here at 550. I would bet it down to about 500. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love this one. I've been bagging on Schultz all, all off season, and yeah, his preseason usage was not a good sign that he's he's going to get a lot of playing time. And I don't think Brevin Jordan even played in the preseason, so you know Schultz's routes run rate might be even lower. And you know, CJ Stroud is a rookie quarterback. I am concerned with. I think he's going to have a tough transition to the NFL. If you just look at who he's throwing to. At Ohio State, I mean, one season he had Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith Najigba, and future top five pick Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, my God, like it's rare you see a guy actually see a downgrade in pass catching talent when you go to the NFL. So yeah, he's going to see Dalton Schultz running out there. It's it's a downgrade for Stroud uh, going to the NFL. So yeah, I, I think just investing in unders in sort of the Texans passing game, except for Tank Dell, uh, but <laughs> specifically Dalton Schultz is definitely the way to go here. Yeah, and I'm hearing, you know, the, the backs are saying they're going to be more involved in the pass game this year, especially Pierce. So, you mm. know, that also might set up a situation where if you are leaving somebody in a block, it might be Schultz instead of instead of the back, too. So that's another that's another thing to watch out for. But uh, all right, that is going to do it. Let me recap uh, our top five props each. Sean likes Rashad White under 700 and a half rushing yards. Isaiah Hodgins under 500 and a half receiving yards. Najee Harris under... 975 and a half rushing yards, DJ Chark under 44 and a half receptions, and Travis Etienne under 
950 and a half rushing yards. I'm going Brian Robinson Jr. under 750 and a half rushing yards. Dak Prescott under 12 and a half interceptions. Raheem Mostert under 525 and a half rushing yards. Miles Sanders under six and a half rushing touchdowns. And Dalton Schultz under 550 and a half receiving yards. That's going to wrap it up for our season-long player prop episode for 2023 here on the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon, and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com if you need our season-long player rankings for fantasy or player projections. And, of course, we start getting our week one stuff up there pretty soon as well. So uh, be sure to check that out. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.